Let me just eliminate all of the white noise for They're you. They're counting on you not understanding what this is all about. They want to create conflict. They want to create this chaos. They want you to be stupid. This is the Conservative Daily Podcast with Joe Waldman. Yeah, I'm a threat because I'm telling you what the Constitution says. And Max McGuire. The flak is the heaviest when the bomber is right above the target about to open the bomb bay doors. And now the Conservative Daily Podcast is on the air. Welcome back to another edition of the Conservative Daily Podcast. My name is Max McGuire. And my name is, I need my speaker back, <laughs> Joe Olden. With us. And today, special treat, we have a special guest, Mr. Jack Posobiec, here on a little bit of a book tour. So why don't we bring on Jack, because uh, I know his time is, is very precious. Jack, welcome to the show. Hey, guys. Thanks so much for having me on today. So you're a guy that doesn't need a whole lot of an introduction, formal naval officer. We've all seen you on TV a bunch. Someone who's been frequently retweeted by the 45th president of the United States. But now you are a children's book author, which is really interesting. The Island of Free Ice Cream. I had to, I did a little of a double take when, you're, uh, when your publicists reach out to us because you're not usually known as a children's author. Talk to us about that. How did you get involved? Well, so I think once people, once people were, you know, you know, you've got to put it this way: it's an anti-communist book, all right? Yeah. So that's that's the idea. So what we're doing is this is part of the Brave Books series. So uh, Ashley St. Clair did the first one, uh, "Elephants Aren't Birds." Then the second one was "Little Lives Matter" by Elizabeth Johnson, which is a pro-life book. And now this is sort of an anti-communist book. Now what they what they did with the title is you know the Allen Free Ice Cream. That's part of the story, but as it goes on, you really get the message that there's no such thing as free ice cream. And yeah. what it really is is you've got a pack of wolves in there, and they're promising all the you know all the other animals, all this stuff. And uh, when they finally get to the island where they're coming in, it's essentially like I, I'd say a mismatch between like uh, communist Cuba, the Soviet Union, Red China, all all rolled into one and people realize, you know, how they're trying to get out of it and they've got to escape. There's sort of like a Berlin Wall kind of situation part of there. So one thing that's, you know, kind of fun with it is that it's, I, and I told the guys that when we were putting this together, I said, I want this to be a good story first. I want there to be real characters. I mean, you know, not super complicated, right? You know, but I want it to be actual characters and actual story challenges they have to overcome. I don't want there to be some guy who just walks out and says, well, children, you understand that communism is a system. Yeah. No, 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 no. Like, 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 just, just deal with it. Show, don't tell, right? That's the basic tenet. I want some Joseph Campbell hero story going on here. What the heroes are. I want the monomyth. Um, so we don't go full, you know, full monomyth or anything like that. Yeah. But you do have that basic idea of a challenge. The hero has to overcome it, defeat the villains. But then at the very end, and for anybody out there, because we're working with like homeschool groups and we're working with a lot of people that have been checking out of sort of the government public school system. Um, there is a sort of like workbook, worksheet section where there's different questions that come up that parents could use to start having those kind of conversations with their students or, or their, you know, their kids. Hey, is there anything you know, that you can think of in the world right, that seems like someone's offering you free ice cream? Well, you know, and then you get the answers back, et cetera, et cetera. And then you start to say, well, yeah, it's funny how they, they don't talk about the costs of certain things or what yeah. the trade-offs would be if you go down a certain example. So it's just a fun story, a cool way to get involved with it. And honestly, you know, you go into any of the mainstream booksellers today, Barnes Noble, Books a Million, et cetera. It is all woke children's books. It's uh, Mina Harris, Kamala, Joe Harris, Hillary, or excuse me, uh, Joe Biden. Um, Hillary Clinton, Barack Obama, Michelle Obama, et cetera. It's all yeah. left-wing Democrat woke stuff. Uh, we said, why don't we make something that just teaches traditional values and gives some actual American values and American cultural, in, um, you know, pass on to the kids. And I think that's a cool thing. So also, if you go to bravebooks.us, you can see that what not only can you go and get this book, but I think there's going to be 12 books in the first series of it. So you get them. It's actually like a subscription that you can do. And then you do one book every month throughout the year. So there's this one is book three. Um, and of course, you know, this one, of course, you know, comes out in September. So that's sort of like back to school. That's why we're doing it now. But then that'll go out all the way up until 12. And then I believe, I don't know if I'm supposed to say this part yet, but uh, there's actually going to be another 12 book cycle. So the, the story is actually going to keep going. And all of them, all of them kind of feed into each other, sort of like, uh, you know, like a shared yeah, universe. They have like a shared universe, yeah. universe. So, so let me yeah, ask you. Yeah. So it actually is kind of cool. 
So let me ask you a couple questions. I'll start with this one. Because it has ice cream in it, did you did you have a, a guest appearance by Biden anywhere in the book? You know, I was I was thinking there's there I will say there's one character that he's sort of like an older an older one of the wolves that some people have said, you know, I didn't say specifically that this is Joe Biden, but he's very into ice cream. So, you know, you can you can be the judge of that. All right. And and the other one is, hey, Mr. Producer, put uh, BraveBooks.com. It's BraveBooks.com, correct? Mm-hmm. Uh, .us. BraveBooks.us. If you could put that below uh, below us, that'd be great. Yeah, so, that, that link is in the description. Um, Jack, you're, you're a father. You have a three-year-old son, right? And then a toddler? Yes, sir. I've got a, uh, I've got a three-year-old and a nine-month-old. That's crazy. I have a three-and-a-half-year-old and a ten-month-old. Um, so talk about, talk about as a father, how important is it to fight back against this kind of wokeness? Because obviously your kids, my kids, they're not old enough to be in school, but we know what they're going into, whether you go to private school or public school, they're going to be walking into the lion's den, right? Of of wokeness. Talk about as a father, how important is it to instill these values on kids before the, well, so the leftist you, teachers get their paws on them. You know, even on a, on a regular basis, you know, where I'll, I'll be trying to teach my son something. Um, well, I, actually, I'll just tell you a story. You know, so, you know, this isn't like too personal because everyone has to do it. So we're, we're going through potty training right now. We're doing the potty training yeah. situation. Everybody Same. knows how fun that is and accidents and cleaning up. But it's it's really been the first time where you have to get to a position in his life where I'm telling him, hey, you're, you're not getting this right. And you, you know, if you make a mistake, you do have to be held accountable for making that mistake. And so, you know, we don't, you know, we do believe in peaceful parenting, so we don't spank. But one thing that, you know, but one thing that we'll do is that we'll remove things, we'll remove certain rewards. So there's no dessert tonight, the TV's going off, there's no YouTube, whatever, you know, all those various things, Uh, no toys tonight, the toys get put away, etc, etc. And until the problem has been solved. And you realize from a very early, early perspective that if you don't have that kind of ability to say no to your child at some point and you just want to give in, oh, dad, I don't want to do this. Oh, dad, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to go there. I want to just go play. I want to do this. I want to go outside. I want to go play in my room. I want to watch Paw Patrol 100,000 more times, you know, um, that uh, you realize how easy it would be as a parent to just kind of put them on autopilot, throw them in front of the YouTube, and then sit and hang out on your phone yeah. all day. And you, and then you're at the mercy of the algorithms, you're at the mercy of this stuff, and secondarily, he's getting the message that whatever he does doesn't matter, there is no accountability, there's no accountability in life, and then you wonder how those types of false lessons and false teachings that are instilled in someone at a very young age change them as they grow. And I think you're really starting to see that in some of the younger generation as they get older, you know, you say, look, you know, if you didn't achieve something, I'm not giving you something for that. There's no participation trophies around here. That's number one. Uh, Number two is, you know, if you're not, if you're not performing what you're supposed, if you're not doing what you're supposed to be doing, right? Or if you're, you know, if he's like a little too rough with his his little brother or something, you know, you are going to get called out. And I'm sorry if you don't like it, but no amount of crying and screaming or hollering is going to, you know, make a difference. And so it's that idea of as a parent, you have to be an active parent. You cannot put this stuff on um, on autopilot. Right. And so, you know, as as I try to be an active parent, so we you know, we're Catholic. So we do the rosary every morning um, or every afternoon. If I've got to run out, um, we'll go out and I'll welcome home. We'll do it together. We do go to mass every Sunday. And we just make that a huge part of our life. We say grace before meals, et cetera, et cetera. And you just instill these things in the home because then as you branch out and as he, he grows and his horizons grow and his brother, and you know, if we have more, we hope to have more, then it's that same idea. The lessons they learn in the home are the lessons that they will take with them for the rest of their lives. Well, I'm going to give you a different perspective. One from someone who has kids that are 21 and 24. Okay. Yeah. So both my kids, amazing kids, amazing. My daughter is a cyber engineer. My son is a senior at a a university. Um, I would say what university, but really not trying to get him (laughs) uh, put on anybody's uh, cancel (laughs) list. Uh, But it was difficult. You talked about not spanking your kids and having a, a, you know, teaching them about consequences. You know, when I was a, when I was a kid, my parents, 
I mean, they, they were kids having kids when they had me. And so they, they believed in punishment, <laughs> spanking for sure. And uh, so I said I would never do that. I would never spank my kids. I would teach them with consequences. And so that's what I did. I, I, I never, I've spanked my kids once, once for my son and once for my daughter. Once my, my daughter was chasing my son around with a butter knife when he was uh, just three years old and she was six years old. And uh, the other time my son um, decided that he was going to uh, uh, venture outside when he wasn't supposed to. And uh, you know, the fear comes into you, so you pick him up and swat him on the butt. So I've never spanked my kids, taught them with consequences, but I've spent a lot of time, even over that last 20 years, or excuse me, 15, 16 years, having to fight against the school system, even dating back decades. So the problem that we have today has become more pronounced. I mean, it's like we've lifted the veil, but they've been doing this for a couple of decades. They've been doing the, the critical race theory and, and having pride flags in the schools. Um, you can see it over the last couple of decades. So that, you know, the kids that you guys are raising now, they're coming into it, I think, in a place where you know, you're, you're really gonna have to look for it because now that we know it's there, now that everyone's talking about it being there, the, the, the risk, the threat level to them, you know, basically saying, hey, drop your kids off and we don't want parents involved in, in the, the training of their children, um, I think now is even more dangerous than ever. No, I couldn't agree with you more. And that's, you know, I actually was talking to a friend who's got kids that are a little bit ahead of mine. She's already started homeschooling them and they're at that age. And she was telling me that the homeschooling, uh, I guess it's a company where she gets textbooks and workbooks from, they are having so many people sign up that they can't keep the supplies in stock. Homeschooling is skyrocketing like they've never seen before. Now, in my parish, we actually do, um, they'll do like homeschool pods. So that's something that we're looking at, um, talking about doing. So it's where, you know, you do a lot of stuff in the home, but then you meet up a couple of times a week and maybe, hey, you know, uh, uh, Bob works as an accountant, so he's going to teach math or, yeah. you know, Jill works as a scientist. She's going to teach biology. So so you kind of like hand off in different ways from there. So I think it's amazing. I think there's a real revolution going on right now in child ed education. And to go to your point, you know, I think it is happening at the absolute opportune moment. Yeah. And have you had have There's, you had any success getting the book into any schools? Obviously, homeschooling, it's a perfect market for this book. Have any schools purchased so it? So I know that uh, I know that Brave and, uh, you know, I, this is where I'd have to ask the uh, the publishers uh, about fine. this. I know that they're working with a number of homeschool networks on this and making it available. I know a bunch of people, uh, a bunch of homeschool networks have added Brave books to their curriculum. Uh, as far as more traditional schools, I would have to go back and check with the publisher before I could yeah. say yes or no on that. It's crazy because California has a law in the books that makes it illegal for a teacher to espouse communism, to like promote communism. So this book seems like it would fit greatly within California law, but the teachers don't well, want to follow go. the there law, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, most most states in the country have laws in the books that's old, old, like 50s laws, like you cannot promote communism to children. It seems like this would be a perfect fit. Unfortunately, we know we know that reality isn't always the way it should be. And uh, not a lot of teachers are going to like this book. But it seems like it's well, more actually, I think that it, more teachers will like it. I think more teachers will like it than not like it. I think the book is probably something that could bolster all of the teachers that have been silent. I believe that there's a small minority of teachers that is doing this across the curriculum. And they're bullying other teachers into having to accept these curriculums, these these this crazy critical race theory, gender fluidity. Um, you know, there's there's a there's a movement to put activists in the in the schools. And just as important as maybe having the ability to do homeschooling, I think we still have to fight for those kids that are in public school. We still have to try and everything we can to get education material. Well, that's that's actually why I'm so I'm so. You know, they call it a, a, like a, a white pill. But I'm so hopeful about when I see these school board meetings in some of these places where the parents have become absolutely activated. They are wide awake. You know, you have wokeness, uh, the great reset versus the great awakening. And it really is a great American awakening that's going on now, specifically with these school boards and parents. Because, you know, it's interesting that, you know, at the high school level and the college level, it never really resonated that much with parents, especially in college. You know, they kind of say like, well, you know, college is the time to explore and find yourself. And that's sort of like the, you know, the um, the reputation that colleges have. So, you know, I don't think that a lot of like the liberalism on campus was necessarily seen as something that that arose such a deep visceral reaction from parents. But 
when it was grade schools, this was a strategic misstep by the left. This was a huge problem for them, a huge mistake for them, because you are now triggering spiritual, biological tripwires in parents that is hardwired because you are now. We are going to do everything we possibly can to stop you. And not just parents, also just community members. What you see in a lot of these school board meetings is that non-parents are showing up because they're so fired up about the, this stuff that they don't want little communists running around their town, little socialists running around their town. So that's something that I've been shocked at. Um, obviously, you have grandparents, right? But you also have people coming come to some of these meetings who don't have kids. And they're just so passionate about kids not being indoctrinated that they take entire evenings out of, out of their schedule to show up and protest something that doesn't even directly affect them, which is which is I, I love it because that's how it should be. But, but I mean, I think that's just the community rallying around the difference between right and wrong. Right. And I think that uh, so, Jack, what I'm going to do is I'm going to buy four or five hundred copies of your book and I'm going to make sure I get it into the school systems wow. in a couple of states. And I'll, um, I, we are deeply involved in the homeschool network, even though my kids are grown. Um, we have an organization that works on education as being a pillar of the community. So we're, we're actively involved in these schools, and I've done quite a bit to get what you're seeing at the school board meetings, you know, 500, 600, 1,000 people to show up at a single meeting and put the fear of God in these people that are um, uh, about what they're teaching our kids. Well, thank you. Amen to you and God bless for that, because that's exactly what we need these days, uh, just in terms of uh, we have set up the barricades, right? The barricades are now there. We need more people, more parents, more energy, more resources. We need supply chains for this thing, because we know that there is a wave of new, you know, call it neo-Marxism, whatever you want to call it, that is crashing down on our kids, on our children, on the next generation if we want our country to succeed and we can see the fraying around the edges, the fraying of the fabric of the United States, uh, you know, today's uh, we just said on the podcast today that today is the um, the anniversary of the day that Francis Scott Key wrote the Star Spangled Banner during the Battle of Baltimore as he was on that that British prison ship there in the Chesapeake Bay. And so, you know, we really have to look back, you know, we can't be a country that has, you know, one group has one flag and one group has another flag. No, we have one flag for everyone yeah. like you, that's, that's fine you can have you know your your particular community you know icon that's fine no problem but we have one flag and you have to respect that flag period end of story yeah i want to pick your brain on something that happened last week joe biden declared that if he was talking specifically about florida he didn't he didn't mention it by name but he said it that if florida if, if the state of florida ron DeSantis, if he tries to withhold teachers pay under the state law, like schools that require masks or vaccine requirements, if he tries to withhold their pay as a punishment, that Biden and the Department of Education are going to swoop in and make sure that they're paid anyway. It, it seems to me one of the most egregious violations of basic federalism, the idea that the federal government is going to hop in there and like take sides between a county and a, a state level dispute. But I think it, it's part of this problem we're seeing. I mean, a lot, most of this, obviously, the Department of Education is its own its own Leviathan. But a lot of this has been more lower level stuff, right? Teachers, administrators, uh, principals. To see Biden weaponizing the Department of Education for political reasons, and then to try and insert himself in that. What, what, what was your take on that? Because I, I think that it is way too serious. And I don't think it's getting enough coverage. Well, look, I mean, what you're really seeing is the same way that they're trying to do with police, the same way they're trying to do with medicine. They want they see a problem and they want to federalize it. They want the federal government to be the sole arbiter of every decision of everything that's going on in the country. Right. And so they view governors and you, you heard Biden say this, by the way, when he was talking about the vaccine mandates. But he looked at it in terms of his philosophy on what a governor is. He said, if there's governors in my way, I will I will move them out of the way. So what do you mean you're, they're in your way? Those are elected executives of the people of that state that are carrying out the wishes of the residents and citizens of that state. Right. These are not in your way, but that's how yeah. Biden looks at it. That's how someone from the federal government uh, who doesn't understand what an actual representative republic that we have, where power, again, is supposed to be distributed across that federal system. 
Um, so the federal government does certain things that benefit everybody as a whole, really external. The states, they have more power because the idea, that, and you know, obviously we don't run things this way anymore, but the idea at the start was that most power, most decision making should be kept as small and as local as possible. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think no, I think I mean, they've thrown that out the window. I think they've done everything they can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not yeah. saying we're yeah. I'm not saying we're anywhere near close to the system that uh, that we should have. And you know, actually, some people would argue that you're starting to hear new, more sort of like the new right conservatives say that uh, we actually should embrace using the power of federal government or the power of at least state government for some of these things like social media, some of these issues, simply because we don't have anything else that uh, has enough power to to enact change on a larger scale. And this really goes back that, you know, in that sense, goes back to Teddy Roosevelt and the trust busting and different things that you saw him doing as, again, in the past, a populist Republican. Yeah, I think that right now we are they're hitting us from every angle, right? Education being the biggest because if they can actually reindoctrinate or or excuse me, indoctrinate or or train our kids down a certain path, it'll be really difficult for even the Right, they don't the, need they don't need to persuade you. If they got the kids, you're done. Yeah. Yeah. But the, at the same but time they're, they're coming after out. they're coming yeah, they're weighed us out. And and they're very patient. I mean, this is the evil of our society is very patient. They've been patiently waiting. I think one of the things and I'm I'm going to ask you your opinion of this you know, the anti-fascist, the uh, Antifa movement started in the 1920s, 1930s, I think. And it, it was a movement that was largely supported by uh, Adolf Hitler. Now, today they say that they're anti-fascist, doing the same things that they did in the 1930s and 1940s that saw many Jewish, uh, actually not just Jewish, but many people put into concentration camps and ultimately killed. Um, it, what, what is your thought? Obviously, I have my own thoughts on Antifa. Um, as I've uh, outed quite a few of the Antifa journalists. What's your thought on Antifa and their role in all of this with the Democrat Party? Well, yeah, so my, my last book before this actually was all about Antifa. So you, you go see that at antifabook.com. And it's, it's really interesting how you saw the anti-fascists, and we talk about this to your point, where they, sure, they would battle it out with the brown shirts, but at times they would also collaborate with the brown shirts and actually be working with them on various strikes or, or opposition because what they were doing was they wanted to tear down the republic. They wanted to tear down the system. The system they were targeting at the time, of course, was the Weimar Republic of Weimar, Germany. Right. So even after that, then, of course, Hitler and the brown shirts said, we all know the history. They turn on Antifa. They throw all those guys in, in, uh, in prison camps. And then you actually see a lot of members of the original Antifa group, which was under Ernst Talman, go and join the brown shirts. Brown shirts. They actually referred to these guys as, uh, as beefsteak Nazis. Beefsteak meaning uh, brown on the outside, red on the inside. Get it? Um, yeah. And so the idea then was that they serve as a destabilization force so that Antifa aren't going to be be the ones in charge. But you notice what's going on is that Antifa seems to be really the vanguard of the ruling class in many ways in the United States, the vanguard of the elite. And so you'll see them, uh, you know, 10 years ago, Occupy Wall Street. Remember, it was the 1% versus the 99%. That was the big thing. Now, all of a sudden, 10 years later, it's not about that anymore. It's about uh, diversity and wokeness. And so all of those financial institutions, Bank of America, Citigroup, et cetera, et cetera, are on the same side as Antifa. So Antifa targets people who are populists, who are conservatives, who are economic nationalists, people who are just sort of the the uh, the working class and, and members of the middle class and middle America and people who are trying to just have these traditional American values. Antifa will target you at the benefit yeah. of those that are actually at the 1%. And so it's this really interesting dichotomy where they are the very thing that they claim to be against. Well, and I'll tell you, to, to bring it back to the book, the, the, the children issue, one of the biggest threats I see, and Antifa's a part of this, it's this idea that it's not a crime to punch a fascist. That's something that was literally a defense in court by a woman named Yvette Falarka. Yeah, and this is and what Jake Tapper would always spread during 2017 or even going back to the inauguration of Trump. Um, it was this idea that, oh, well, it's, you know, it's okay to punch a Nazi. It's okay to punch a Nazi. We'll say, well, who is to say, right, did that yeah. person declare themselves? Are they, are they an avowed yeah. member of a neo-Nazi group? Uh, that being said, we used to say that we hold the line against violence, regardless of how, what crazy idea somebody wants to have that you still hold the line, you don't 
cross that line into violence because once you say that that's okay and then you and then on the flip side and cnn would do this they would paint all their opponents as nazis as fascists yeah. people could read between the lines they would say if you want to be celebrated if you want to be lauded if you want to be given your your uh 15 minutes of fame on cnn that you can go out there and that's where you get these crazy situations where chris cuomo and you people even after him will compare the soldiers at normandy to these antifa numbskulls yeah. running around yeah. uh the united states and so many of these inner cities and burning down police stations because we obviously can see that they're not the same thing but because of the mass gaslighting campaign that's going on from mainstream sources you now yeah. have this problem and we see it in the polls, Scott Rasmussen just put out a poll, more Democrats believe that the unvaccinated and Donald Trump supporters pose a threat to the United States than the Taliban, China, and Russia. So it's well, the that, That's just crazy. a testament to how stupid the Democrats are. I mean, they're just a bunch of dummies running around drooling on themselves. Sorry, I said it out loud. <laughs> so, so, so I truly believe that violence is the last thing we want to get to. But at the same time, I don't know how much more that you know, normal people who are law-abiding citizens can take of the, just the, the radicalism that's happening in our society. And I've been to many of these meetings, these, these town meetings. We have uh, meetings all over the country for FEC United, and we talk about some of the things that are facing our children. Our children are basically the one thing that we're just concentrating on right now, right? So how do we make sure that we, we fortify and protect the education system? Um, but we have these conversations, and it becomes very difficult to walk people off ledges. And I'm not talking about two or three or five or ten people. I'm talking about hundreds of people that are gathered together saying, all right, what's next? I mean, if they come to our neighborhood, what yeah. are we supposed to do? Right? So I don't know what your thoughts are on that, but, man, it, it just feels well, like it's— My main thing on, on the violence and that question is I just tell people get out of cities. Right. Just don't be there. Don't don't be in a, in, a, in a place like that. Don't be in Philadelphia. Don't be in Baltimore. If you're anywhere in one of the major East Coast cities or really just any major city in the United States or I just just get out, like just figure out what the best exfiltration plan is for your family. Figure out where you want to go. Find a place where you can find like minded conservatives like go to go to a red district and make it redder. Right. Because that is yeah. the only way out through all of this. It's really the only way at this point. Well, Jack, I know you have a hard break. I want to thank you for stopping by. If we can put the image up of your new book again, The Island of Free Ice Cream, out today. There she is. Look at that. Yep, there she is. So you can out buy today. that online. Online. Say, uh, oh, they just took off the website. Uh, what, what's the website it's again? Sorry. Brainfolks.us. So you can go there, you get this book. Uh, you, and if you really want, you can sign up for the subscription, get all 12 for the full year. All right. And then awesome. bulk books, I'll, I'll probably reach out to your publicist so I can get a bunch of books so I can donate them out to a bunch of schools. Well, I, I really appreciate that. I will make sure right. that that connection may, takes place. Absolutely. All right. Perfect. Well, thank you so much for the time, Jack. Really do appreciate it. Yeah, God bless you, All right, Jack. appreciate Thanks it, guys. You have a great day. All right. All right. You too. Well, it's, it's a great conversation, and it's great that they're doing this. I mean, you, we need more conservative books. I mean, technically... By definition, it's propaganda, but it's good propaganda. Like the United States has propaganda outfits all over the world. It's good propaganda. I mean, we're, we're trying to fight back against propaganda. So it's good. Yeah. Propaganda doesn't have to be a dirty word. It's just trying to trying to fight back against something else. We need that. We need this in schools. We And so if you are a parent, if you're a grandparent, if you're an, an aunt, uncle, you got to get this book. Check out the whole thing. And don't just give it to your grandson, granddaughter. Your son, daughter, read it to them. Read it. Go through it. Yeah. Get the whole, sign up for the whole 12, like he said, and make a, make a, an event of it. Every month you get the book and you sit down and read it to them and explain. Well, I think that, I think the book, I, I, I think that the book, the, it is, it is positive propaganda. What I think it is, is it's untraining the retrained. So no matter where you look at it on the spectrum, it's teaching our kids about truth. It's teaching our kids to recognize truth. But if you're reading these books to your kids, when they get out there and somebody says, hey, Marxism is not so bad, communism is not so bad, then go, do you know what the consequences are of communism? They'll have the ability to talk about what the consequences are of these kind of elitist environments. Look, Marxism and communism have never served anyone other than the political elite. Never. It has never served the American people, it is, or excuse me, any, any nationalized people. It has never served the poor. It has never served the middle class. It has always only supported that 1%, that very, very top echelon of people in a country. And it leads to a higher degree 
of centralized power and authority. Um, and, and frankly, it, it creates a slave culture inside of every, it doesn't matter what color you are, you, you all will become a slave. Yeah. No, I mean, we have to fight back. So again, check out that book, buy it, sign up for the whole, uh, I mean, you've, we've, heard, we've heard of software as a service, I guess, fighting leftism as a service, uh, as a subscription model. I think it's great. I think it's great. I'm definitely going to check it out for my kids as well. Because um, we, ha we have to fight back. It, it's, it's not good enough just to wait until they learn it in school, come home and say, no, it's not the truth. This is the truth. Because if the kids aren't, aren't dumb, I mean, they're, they're going to think critically. But the teachers are going to see keep hammering at home, hammering at home, hammering at home. So we have to get into the kids, into our kids, the right message beforehand. And that's why I, I really do like this whole movement of uh, of the brave books, making sure that they share conservative messages with a real story. So, again, check that out. Link will be in the description. Um, yeah. And, and by the way, the subscription, I'll just kind of tell you, I'm on the site right now. The monthly subscription is $14.99, one price, one book a month, and it's that simple, cancel anytime. So, and it's normally $19.95, so you save 25%. If you do an annual, you pay it up front, it's only $12.99, and you'll still get the one book a month for yeah. that 12 months. And after these 12 books are done, you'll do another one where you have another 12 books. And they are kids' books. And, and frankly, I think that if parents start teaching their kids with these, when those kids get to school, we also have to give them the training mechanisms. We have to give teach, excuse me, parents the mechanisms to teach their kids so that when their kid goes to school and says, hey, mommy, they tried telling me that I can be any gender I want, then the parent can actually fight against it. Because right now what's happening in the schools, and Max, I'm, I am afraid for MJ. I, I'm just afraid. I mean, because he's only a year and a half away, right? A year and a half away from yeah. being in school. And, and my fear is that, you know, he gets there and he's not – he's not uh, you know, equipped with the tools to recognize those things. And so you have to be able to say, if a teacher says this, that's a bad teacher. There used to be you send the kids to school and you're like, listen, listen to your teacher. Now you have to tell your kids, you have to teach your kids up front. Listen, when you go to school, if they say this, 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 and this, you need to tell me, that means that teacher is a bad teacher. We need to start demonizing these teachers for what they are, the evil that they represent in our society. That is the only way. And the other thing, Max, is that parents have to start interviewing their, their teachers. If they're going to keep their kids in the public school, they need to walk through their classroom, look around. When they see that pride flag in second grade, they need to reach up and grab it and snatch it down. They need to be communicating with other parents in that classroom as well. So the parents in the classroom need to get together. And if you have some radical classroom, they can stay out of it. But you, you have to be able to walk in and say, you're not doing this. And this whole thing about uh, pride teachers in second, third, fourth, fifth grade. No, no, no. Kids don't even know what any of that means in second, third, fourth, fifth grade. They don't know. So you need to tear that stuff out of the classrooms, push them to say, listen, you can go do this at another school. You're not doing it at this school. Cause a scene and make sure that you push this stuff out. Get rid of these teachers. That is the place that we start. We've gotten rid of a couple. Project Veritas got rid of one. We've had another couple that uh, have come out and have done TikTok videos about how they're indoctrinating their kids and, and uh, activating on those kids. Mm -mm. No, we get rid of those teachers immediately. They don't get to indoctrinate yeah. our kids. They don't get to, and it's not about tolerance. I don't really care if you're a pink dinosaur who's gay and likes to sleep with tree frogs. I could care less. What I care about is that you keep that to yourself. And when you go home, that's what you can do. You can do anything you want in the, in the bedroom. We don't need to hear about it, and our kids don't need to hear about it. They don't need to become political pawns for this radical leftist terroristic agenda. Yeah. Yeah, well, um, you're, you're right. And before Jack had to go, because um, he, he did have a hard break at 30, I wanted to ask him about this, because I don't know if you saw this. This just broke today. I know you're running around like crazy today. Yeah, today's uh, been we, a crazy day. Up, if we put up my screen, Mr. Producer, if we put up my screen, he put out this tweet just a, a couple minutes before. Can we put up we the screen? All right, he's putting up your screen. All right. Well, talk talk through it, Max. You, you obviously we don't have the screen up yet. Oh, Max. Max is gone. All right, Sorry, there you go. Max flicker. is back. There power you go. Flicker. I don't, All right, I don't Max know why is back. All right. Uh, I was sitting here staring at you, going, Max. Yeah. Do you want to yeah, just? No, no. I was just very, very still. Okay. So, so still. Okay. Can we put up my screen now? Here we go. This is the tweet that he, he put out just before he came out with us. 
check the date. Joe, did you see this story? General Milley secretly pledged to warn the Communist Party if Trump planned a strike. What? You didn't see this? Oh, I scooped you. Wow. So this after some, January 6th, Mark Milley went to all of the generals. Well, I guess they came to him, all of the major generals, and he ordered them not to listen to President Trump about any military strike or nuclear strike unless he approved it. So basically between January 6th and the end of Trump's term, January 20th, he declared that he had the sole authority to decide whether or not the United so, States should attack. So him. he violated the Constitution. Yes. Yes. He, he violated also, the Constitution. Yep. He also warned China through back channels that don't worry, Trump isn't able to do anything. I'm, I'm in control. Think about what you're saying, Max. Think about what you just said. Everyone needs to think about, hit the share button. Everyone needs to think about what Max just said. What they're saying is there was a coup against the American people. They stole the election. They've stole your voice. They've turned you into a slave. And now a general that likes to, I don't know. I mean, you guys have all seen uh, Miley dressed up with pink hair and lipstick on because he wants to embrace the woke culture, which weakens us as a country. But what he's saying is the quiet part out loud that, listen, don't worry about it. He's having conversations with the CCP. He's a traitor. He's a traitor. These people are traitors yeah. to this country. And if you go back to my screen, this is the Jack tweet. Nancy Pelosi at the time was telling people, don't worry. She's got assurances that there are safeguards in place to stop Trump from launching a nuclear weapon. So that's in the book that Millie was also talking with Nancy Pelosi about doing an end to run around Trump and basically eliminating the presidential authority. Not that we want to nuke anyone, right? But God forbid there's an actual war that breaks out between January 6th and January 20th. The president of the United States needs to be able to react. For this guy to think that he somehow is, is more virtuous and more level-headed than the president of the United States and that he should have the authority to issue that kind of order. You're right, Joe, it's the fact that he talked to the Chinese and gave them quite literally aid and comfort that's treasonous that is treasonous and i think it's about Definition. time yeah so and this is why i said to that's why i said to jack listen I, i'm not for violence i don't want violence at all but it becomes very difficult to to talk people off the ledge i mean people are upset our countrymen u.s american countrymen are upset and miley's just just as much to blame for what happened in afghanistan as biden is millie. that just shows you the millie whatever it just shows you the trash that we deal with inside of our own government. Our government has been subverted by a very evil, evil, evil group of people. It yep. almost feels like we're going down the path of, of, well, I mean, I guess you could call it Red Dawn. You remember Red Dawn back in the day? Yeah, Did you ever watch yeah, Red Dawn? Yeah. 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 Wolverines. Is that that movie? It, it, it's gotten pretty. No, it's not. Is it? Is it that one? Yeah. Yes. Patrick pretty Swayze. Pretty yeah, scary stuff. No one, put, no one puts baby in a corner and no one puts baby in the woods. He's going to fight the communists. <laughs> and I know the movie. You don't know the movie. No, I don't. I, I mean, shouted, I remember the movie. I shouted the, the battle cry. Yeah. <laughs> it's been a little while since I've watched it. But I will definitely compare it to, to uh, what we're They did a remake, well. remember? They did a remake. And instead of making it the Chinese, they did the North Koreans. Because they didn't oh. want to anger the Chinese. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Why, why, why make them upset? We don't want, we don't want yeah. to make our countrymen upset. Yeah, you really Think don't. Think about what I just said. Yeah. So today's been a kind of a, a weird day. I mean, that you have still hostages being held in, in Afghanistan, Taliban holding down uh, planes from leaving. That's still happening as we speak. Mm -hmm. You have um, uh, Blinken that um, is forced to answer questions. And one of the yeah, things we did that, that came in the first up hour. Oh, yeah. So I wasn't here for the first hour. So I guess I won't talk about that then. No, we can. I mean, you, you, had, you had, and that's the topic of the facts blast today. Um, you had a sitting congressman, Brian Mast, who is no, I mean, he's, he's conservative, but he, he's more moderate on lots of issues that we've taken issue with. He openly is telling Blinken that they have given aid and comfort to the enemy. That's, that's the definition of treason. To have yeah. someone like Brian Mass, who he himself lost both of his legs in Afghanistan, accusing the sitting Secretary of State of treason, it's, it's, a, it's a big deal. It's huge. Yeah. 
I mean, yeah, I what, what was your what was your biggest takeaway from the from the hearing? I think my biggest takeaway from the hearing is that there's a lack of control inside of our government. The government has gotten so big and so bloated that they get away with massive amounts of fraud across the entire. There's no accountability and there's no ability to actually test, have litmus tests for what how effective each department inside of the government is. There's there's a lack of leadership and that lack of leadership has led us to down a path where there was no one that was in a position of power and authority to make a decision in Afghanistan to stop it from happening because they're so afraid of the other organizations yeah. out there that they can't, they just, they froze. They were inactive and they froze because they're like, I'm not making a decision. You make the decision. You don't want to make the decision. So we, we, we politicized our, our military. We politicized every part of our government. And now it's literally melting down from the inside out. And the people, the people that run legitimate organizations around the country or, or organizations are looking at it going, what, what in the world? Make a decision. Go in there and save those Americans. So you, you need to know that um, the Taliban is now walking door to door and all the people who were interpreters and did those things in Afghanistan to help Americans, aid Americans, they have a nice database. They've kept that database and they're walking door to door, pulling them out never to be seen again, or just executing him in the street. That is happening right now. Yeah. Yeah. No, it, it is true. And, and thanks to Joe Biden, they have that database. They have the all the information, the biometric information. Yeah. So when they actually find one of these people, they can put his iris up to the scanner, put his, use his fingerprint, and confirm that he is who they're looking for. That's what we mean by giving aid and comfort to the enemy. The Biden administration did. Well, before we leave... We wrap up. I want to get your take on this. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. Oh, yeah. Met Gala. Text her. She yeah, went to the Met Gala yeah. last night. Oh. We put up my screen, Mr. Producer. She wore this dress that says yeah. tax the rich. Um, I, I, well, I guess if, if you're at the Met Gala, I guess you are among the rich. Uh, I mean, she, she says that she isn't, but tax the rich. What do you think about this? First of all, is this something that you would get your wife? No. No. And by the way, this is this is a smokescreen for how do you tax the upper middle class? Because the people that are above the upper middle class don't pay taxes. They don't pay taxes. I'm sorry. They don't they don't pay taxes. None of the politicians pay. You know, they wanted to raise the um, they have a proposed tax hike that raises it to almost 40 percent. If you make over four hundred fifty thousand dollars a year. Hey, how much do those tickets cost? Um, they're pretty expensive. I can look it up right now. Thirty Gala tickets. Thirty thirty really? thousand dollars. Thirty thousand dollars. Yeah, thirty-two thousand wow. dollars for a ticket. I was told two seventy thousand, two hundred seventy thousand yeah. for a table. Yeah. Yeah, we can buy, buy what nine tickets at a table. That makes sense. Um, that's yeah. Now tax the rich while she's at a thirty thousand dollar ticket. Wearing a, t- a dress that I, I have to assume is very expensive. <laughs> yeah, but the rules are for thee, not for me. Yeah. You know, I, I had to sit down with our tax accountant, and I'm walking through it, and I went, well, um, you know, that there's a couple things that most Americans don't know. Most Americans don't know that you can, you can actually pay your child up to $10,000 a year and deduct that from your, mm-hmm. from your um, taxes. Yeah. So I can I can take my kids and they're two years old. I can take ten thousand dollars, put it, give it to my kids. My kids can use that for eating and food and everything else, and you get to take that off the tax off your taxes, right off it, up to ten thousand dollars a year. You didn't know that, Mr. Producer? Did you know that? What was that? Did you know that? No. Ten thousand yeah. dollars a year per child. You can take ten thousand dollars. Let's say you make hundred thousand dollars. You can take $10,000, you can gift it to your kid. Your kid can use that. For, you can use it for food and, and everything else for your child. And that comes right off of your taxable income. Seriously? 100%. I don't but have kids. So. Most people as long, don't know as, long that. as you actually cut the check. Yeah, you have to cut you the check. Seriously. Yeah. And you can use that money kid? for each kid. So you got six kids. That's 60 Gs. 60 Gs. You can take $10,000 each every year. You can give them, and you don't pay any taxes on that. True story. You have to use that money for food and... And, uh, sure. you know, yeah. Or you Close. put it away in a savings account for them or something. Yeah. But even, even that, it's, it's untaxable for them. It's untaxable for them, and you get the right off for the $10,000. So if you got a lot of money, it's easy to... And you can make your child you or your employee. You can actually put them to work. Really? Yeah. Wait, what? You can, you can, and you can actually put them to work. 
Well, you can put them to work anyway. They're your kids. <laughs> I know, but right? oh, you're getting paid. Yeah. Go back to but, but there's some interesting things that happen as you start looking at ways that you don't pay taxes. Why, why make it so complicated? The, the tax code last year increased, the size of it increased by nearly 9%. In one year. Since you've been talking to me about it, most of the people that are in those really high income tax brackets, they, they don't have income, and we only get taxed on a lot of income, right? They get, they get taxed on uh, public or, uh, gains, capital gains. So that's yeah, where they're getting taxed. So 10%, 20%. Wow. Yeah. yeah. I mean, think about it. So like yeah. Bill yeah. Gates is not paying much in the way of taxes. So it doesn't affect him. That's, that's why I keep telling people, you know, that when they change these, these, these laws, when they change these rules, and like, oh, we're going to tax the wealthy. No, you're not. Because they don't pay themselves anything other than capital gains. So they're at, 20, they're at the lowest rate possible. And everyone else that doesn't have the ability or afforded the, the possibility of doing that has to pay a higher tax rate. So they don't pay it. The, 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 upper, the middle class and the upper middle class are the ones that pay the highest tax rates. The highest percentage of all taxes paid are paid by that group. What's crazy is they consider people that make 200 grand a year rich and it's like they're not no they're not they're not because no. they're paying through the nose no they're paying through the yeah i mean at this they they want to change the bracket for this uh uh deal so that a, a couple earning for four hundred fifty thousand dollars combined each year will be required to pay the higher tax rate right i mean think about that i mean currently it's yeah. at i think it's at uh uh, 500,000 or something, 500 and yeah, 518,000 and uh, 622,000 for jointly, you know, and they, and they, those are the top rates to get to the 39.6, but here you go. I mean, you have a, right now they're, they're trying to basically change every part of the tax code so that they can basically take, they own 50% of you. The first six months of the year, they own you. I mean, think about it. Colorado, your, yeah. your income tax is I think 6%. Seven percent? I thought it was seven, but yeah, it was. It was Colorado high. tax. So let's hypothetically say that you get hit at the thirty-nine percent that they want to do, or nearly forty percent. You're at forty-seven percent before you pay for gas tax, before you pay for the property tax, before yeah. you pay for your car tax, right? Which every car that you buy every year is like, if you have a thirty thousand dollar car, it's six hundred dollars a year yeah. just to put tags on it. Every I mean, year, people need to start understanding that what the Democrats are doing is they're coming for every part of you. They're taking everything away from you. You don't own your house. You don't. I don't anybody says I own my home. I even own it outright. You don't because if you don't pay the taxes, they will sell it and pay off your taxes and give you back what's left. And they don't care yeah. if they sell it for what it's worth. That's what's happening in our country. Our country is becoming an indebted society where, we, where we're slaves to a government that spends it however they want. And this is why I think that we're not going to get out of this thing with just a, hey, we can get involved at a, at a local level and fix it. I mean, you got Millie that's walking around literally saying that he circumvented the president of the United States, and they're bragging about it because the law doesn't make any difference anymore to them. So how are we, how are we supposed to get past this and get to a point where we have accountability, where we have accountability in our country and Americans aren't enslaved. Because right now, you're a slave. Every one of us are slaves. And it's getting worse. They're putting the hook yeah. even further into us and saying, we we're taking everything from you and there's nothing you can do about it. You were wrong about one thing, though. What's that? They spend more than they take. Yeah. Yeah. They, <laughs> but they do that yeah. in order to make sure that they can actually justify so can taking more. more. Yeah, Debt yeah, ceiling? Yeah. I mean, we'll see what happens with that, right? It's it's gonna it's gonna be really bad, Max. It's gonna be really bad. It's gonna be yeah, the, the not, next be. the next year is gonna be is it gonna be really bad? It's gonna be really bad. Well, I'll tell you, and we're almost out of time. I don't know if you saw this today, but if you put up my screen, Mr. Producer, Norm Macdonald died today. Um, he was 61 years old, comedian, um, Saturday Night Live alum, um, conservative. He he had great bits about Hillary Clinton on SNL. Right, he was a great conservative comic. Um, so we lost a, a really, a really great guy, and uh, a really great conservative comic. So um, I, I'm I'm shocked. I I loved his comedy. I, I listened to him all the time. But uh, yeah, wishing all the best and thoughts and prayers are definitely going out for his family. He he passed away from cancer, I believe, right? Yeah, yeah, cancer fight. Yeah. Yeah. We can go ahead and take that down. Any final words, Joe, before we wrap up? No. Uh, yeah. Do we have a T-shirt for the day? 
Do we have a t-shirt to put up today? Um, we do. We do. We're, we're going to, let me, I didn't have that ready to go, but it's in, it's in the description. Um, you can go to the store. You go to the Conservative Daily store, story.conservative-daily.com, and you're going to find, well, today we've been featuring the women's t-shirts, but I guess we can do a, a men's t-shirt right now. If you go ahead, put up my screen, Mr. Producer. Um, and right now, of course, the images aren't loading. Fabulous. Here we go. Conservative Daily, restore the American Republic, um, the t-shirt of the day. Check out the link in the description. Buy your Conservative Daily t-shirt and, buy, and check out all the rest of the shirts. And we're going to have more coming up in the next couple days, just crossing the T's, dotting the I's. Since we have a new store, it takes a little bit longer to get things up and running. I can't just throw them at, at, uh, at Teespring and have them printed. But at the same time, it's good because we're not going to get canceled if, if, if uh, the liberals don't like our shirts. So, but it takes a couple couple days to get things up and, and going. But we have a couple, especially the Upside Down shirt, that got finalized and proved Upside Down American flag. So stay tuned for that. Hopefully tomorrow we'll have that ready to go. I don't have anything else, Max. I think it's going to be a, a pretty incredible week. I know we have stuff coming out of Maricopa County that we'll be talking about in the next couple of days. Um, but uh, I think the biggest thing that I'm, the biggest takeaway for me um, with everything that's going on is that the, the left is intensifying their uh, cancel cultures are intensifying what you just talked about, which is that now Democrats see Republicans or unvaccinated people as the biggest threat more than the Taliban, yeah. right? And to think that, that's, that, that they're telling people that while loved ones around them are dying of getting injected, you have, you have NCAA uh, players, right, uh, athletes, that are now having to give up their careers because of enlarged hearts, blood clots, um, major ailments. I mean, this is not a small problem, it's a big problem. So these people that are the Democrats that are, that are saying this, that this is what Democrats feel are just a bunch of bags. Oops, I said it, you have to go all the way to the very end, but that's what they are. Yeah. You're, you're a Mark piece of time. trash if you, wanna, if you wanna take away or uh, if you wanna continue down this path of what they're doing to, to our nation. It's crazy, crazy, crazy. It is. It is. Well, that's going to be it for this edition of the Conservative Daily Podcast. If you like the podcast, make sure you subscribe to the audio edition of the podcast. That's available at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Pandora, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, and Podbean. Wherever you find audio podcasts, you can find us. But specifically, if you have an Apple device, make sure you subscribe and, and, and download off of Apple Podcasts and give us a nice five-star review so we can climb up higher in the rankings. Again, our new time slot, new time slots, 11 a.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Eastern. So make sure you set your schedules for that. And if you don't have a, a little calendar app on your phone, join our text alert system. Text the word freedom to 89517, and you will get a text alert before we go to air. To remind you, because Facebook, all the social media companies, they won't give you the alert, but our text alert system will. So sign up, text the word freedom to 89517 and get your alert. That's going to be it for this edition of the podcast. My name is Max McGuire. And my name is Joe Oltman. Remember, everyone, that the fight to take back our country isn't over yet, but the only way we win is if we all stand up and fight together.